What's up, everybody? This is Marlins in-game host, Mike B., and you're listening to Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast with Peter Pratt. Cheers from the 305. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of Fish Across the Pond. It's a Marlins UK podcast, and I'm your host, Peter Pratt. And boy, oh boy, this is going to be a fun one. We're rolling it back. Last year, episode 58, uh, titled Nationals Barbecue, it was a stunner. Absolute stunner of an episode. And, well, the title of that podcast gives this one away. Delighted to welcome back. Oh boy, Rob Langley is in the house to talk about these gnats. Rob, how are we doing? Hi, Pete. Great to be back, mate. Buzzing to be speaking to you and Alex. Wow, absolutely, mate. This is your fourth appearance on Fish Across the Pond, would you believe? Fourth appearance. Wowzers. Get myself a membership card soon, mate. There you go, mate. There you go. And of course, as Rob's already mentioned, uh, the tripod for this podcast, Alex Contreras, the barbecue man, the maestro. Alex, how we doing, brother? Doing fantastic, Peter. Happy to be here across the pond with the UK guys. And you know what's good? Looking at the standings, we not we might not be in first place, but it feels good looking down on the Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Shots fired early doors, as, as expected. Um, guys, when we last spoke, it's funny. I, I listened to the podcast earlier. It was episode 58. The Marlins at that moment were sitting at nine and nine, going into a series against the Nats. We were worried about the rain, all sorts of stuff going on. Um, a lot's happened since we spoke then, that's for sure. But... You know, for this episode, what we're going to do, we're going to lean on Alex to, to get his view of, you know, how the Marlins have been shaping up thus far. Um, the one thing I need to dive into specifically is pitches are hitting again this year. So we have been inundated with bunts. One of the things from the last episode was dropping the bunt. He was loving it. I'm going to get your take on that. And then lean on Rob for some Nats insight. What, what's been going on with the Nats, both in the offseason, the early few weeks, and then we'll have a look ahead to this uh, this three game set over the weekend, which uh, for those for those that don't know, it includes two UK friendly start times, Saturday and Sunday, six oh fives. Boy, oh boy, me and Rob, we are going to be guzzling beers, no doubt about it. And on that topic, Rob, um, we are recording this at quarter past two p.m. UK time. What beer are you drinking? Oh, it's, a, it's the bottom of the fridge special this afternoon, Pete. It's uh, Audi. What is it? A Galahad. Oh, gone, <laughs> gone for the good stuff, mate. As I said, I haven't had a trip to the shops yet. So this is a, yeah, back of the fridge special. But it, it does the job. It's cold. Love it. Well, that's the main thing with beer, right? As long as it's cold, you can guzzle it. Um, I'm I'm rocking a, the, the standard, the absolute standard, modern day standard, Brewdog, Punk IPA, Happy Days. It's Friday in the UK. You know, loving it. Alex? I think it's quarter past nine your time and you're about to go to work. So, you know, is there any beers? They were in my system last night. They really were. <laughs> I had some, uh, <laughs> had some uh, Captain Dynamite IPA. You ever had Ooh. one of those? I have those not, but they sound, they sound explosive. Yeah, it was, uh, it's by the Voodoo Ranger. If you had a couple of Voodoo Rangers before, you know they'll knock you out. This Captain Dynamite was turned up. I was feeling I was in the game the other day, bro. I was... Once I start drinking a couple of these, bro, I start narrating the games. It gets crazy. English and Spanish. 
it gets it gets really intense. <laughs> I was actually I was actually I remember I was watching uh it was uh, the past series of the Marlins were playing the Giants and uh, Cooper stroked one in center field and it looked like a sure home run and then Slater jumped up in the air and stole it. And oh, I was yeah. like, holy cow, he stole the home run. You know what I mean? And then like I had my uh, one of my crew members that uh, were all staying at the same spot. He's like, yo, is everything good? I was like, yeah, 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 man. They just fucking stole a home run from us. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly the play you're talking about. Um, that was drilled, and he did steal that home run. Uh, last time we were talking, you were on the Cigar Cities uh, from memory. Higher higher Life or Higher Light or something? Yeah, the Higher Lights. Oh, those, those things you love, too, man. The Cigar City actually made another beer called uh, the Florida Man that if you're from Florida, I highly recommend, man. You'll feel like a Florida You'll be doing some like crazy Florida Man stuff. You have like those in your possession. Ah, you get one six pack, you might as well get two, dude. They go down smooth, smooth, smooth. <laughs> Love it. Well, of course, it's the obligatory beer review. Whenever the, the three of us get together, what that says about us, I do not know, but I don't care. It's Bank Holiday weekend in the UK, so happy days, um, guys. Uh, let's let's kind of lean on you first, Alex, on on the Marlin side. Just you know, we're we're twenty five games in, twenty four games in. What's your assessment of the Marlins so far, buddy? Man, I think it's 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 great that the fish are treading water right now. We're under 500. We're 11 and 13. Um, we're a half a game back right now on the Atlanta Braves. But it's not the end of the world, man. If you really look at the National League East and the run differentials, the Marlins are the only team that has a positive run differential. They've scored 12 more runs than their opponents. Everybody else in the division's kind of been struggling. Washington, for example. They've uh, been outscored by 22 runs. The Mets have been outscored 13, Philly 16. And the ones that are like right there uh, are the Braves. They've only been outscored by two runs. So um, to be honest with you, man, this is going to be a crazy season. It's gonna We're going to be in for a long, long run. Um, like you mentioned yourself before we started this podcast, we're, we're, it's getting back into the 162-game format season mentality thinking, right? And not every game is as heavy, as important as last season, right? When when I was able to successfully get Rob to jump on board the Marlins bandwagon, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and if that didn't happen, we probably would not even made that playoff run. So shout out to Rob, baby, for coming over, bringing <laughs> over the torch, because they were the 2019 World Series champions. He brought a little bit of that magic. We made a postseason run. It was magical. Shout out to Rob and the last place Nationals. <laughs> Rob, what about you on the, you know, flicking back from, from 60 to 162, how's it, how's it felt? Like, you know, it was, it was, you know, a compact, intense run last year, and now it's back to 162, and, you know, the game just kind of roll on by. Yeah, like Alex says, it's, it's trying to change that mentality, isn't it? Not every game, although they all matter, not every game, there's so much riding on every single one. You could lose a couple and it's not the end of the road. You mean, I mean, we're 9 and 11 and we're by far and away not out of it. You know, I mean, we haven't been good by any stretch, but we're all 9 and 12, there. 9 and 12. And we're 9 and 12. <laughs> He's oh, added Jesus, an extra You've ruined it. You've ruined it. It might be now. That's it. Blow it up. You might, it. You might be 9 and 13 <laughs> after the night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, listen, we were talking about rain last year, weren't we? Tonight, it is going to be windy. There's some serious, serious winds in DC, apparently. Oh. Um, Which way is yeah, it blowing that, that is the main could, uh... thing. Is it blowing out? <laughs> I've got no idea. But uh, yeah, there is uh, plenty of people talking about uh, winds being a major, major factor tonight. Hey, Rob, let me ask you something, dude. What the hell's mm. going on with that rotation over there? Mate, because... Don't. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. What, you know, 
I said I've had a few pods beginning of the season and stuff, and I said if our rotation stays healthy, we'll be in with a shout. That kind of got blown up after a couple of starts with Strasbourg going on the I.O. again. Serious concerns over him. Um, Scherz has been up and down. Can't make his mind up whether he wants to be good or bad. Uh, Ross is the same. Eric Fetty is probably <laughs> he's probably our best pitcher at the minute. He had a terrible first game. Since then, he's been he's been really really good. Um, we've got Leicester to come back. It, it, Corbin has been, geez, that man. He's going to be very very close to being sent down. I really don't wow. think he's. <laughs> yeah, he, he has been terrible, absolutely terrible. And there's major major talk of when Leicester comes back. Then they're not going to be able to drop Fetty. They're not going to be able to drop Ross because they have had good starts. Corbin is the only one that hasn't had anything there. So, uh, yeah, wow. I don't know what they're going to do. Corbin, so he's Corbin. Is his ERA is over ten? It is awful. He is oh my days! So bad, Pete. So so bad. I didn't realize it was a bad. I knew he got blown up in one game, but yeah, no, he was. He's been terrible. For the, he's had no command. It, yeah, he's been. He's been absolute dog shit, mate. He sounds about, like he's got a case of uh, the Wei Yang Cheng. <laughs> oh, if that's the case, you need to cut bait rapid because Chen. Well, the, the, the fear is, is that he was he was no good last year either. Um, he, he wasn't good last year. He was good in our um, winning season last year. Crap. This year started off crap, and now there's now like those lower guys, Feddy and, and Ross. Like I said, if Strasbourg comes back, they're not going to drop um, Scherzer. Leicester comes back in or starts now. They're where they, what we're going to do? We can't we can't drop the guys that are performing well. So he he can I'm, I'm a little really find himself on a either on the, a mystery IL or um <laughs> or being sent down. And listen to what Rob's saying, man. If, if I was a Washington Nationals fan, which I would never be, um, I was just saying, like, I, it's pretty concerning. Like, dude, your rotation, you guys would, like have no names. Like, who's an up and coming prospect that's in the Washington Nationals like farm system? Like, I don't know anybody coming up. There used to be a day where. Where like the Nationals drafted very good players, Harper, Strasburg, all these guys were homegrown guys. Now, like what you got Soto, that's that's pretty much it. But all these other guys are just like I feel like you guys are just filling in, like plugging in the holes. Like you try to do something with with uh, what is it, Josh Bell? You traded for him. How's he going? How's that experiment going out there? Is it going good or what? Well, if we go off the last game, absolutely fine because he hit a homer, but that was his first homer, and, and then you know he started he started off. Um, got COVID. He was one of the guys that got COVID. So he had a good spring training, then caught COVID, set him back, come back in. He couldn't catch up with the fastball. He was, he was really, really struggling. Last The last week or so, he's been hitting the ball hard. Um, and there are positive signs. Listen to a few bits and pieces. Um, and guys are saying like the, the the stats, like the trajectory is on on its way up and he, he should start hitting again soon. He hit a good home run the other night. Um, but time's going to tell. If he can... We need him, you know. He's a, he's he's going to be. We're going to rely on him because um, we've got Soto, Trey. After that, it, there's no power there other than Bell and Schwarber. And that, we need those guys to step up. If if they're not hitting, then we're in a world of pain. How's Schwarber doing out there? <laughs> yeah, he's better. Put it this way: he's been better <laughs> in the field. He's been better in the field than he has with the bat. So that's oh everything. boy. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, that's me being honest. That's me being honest. He's uh, he's literally being better in the field than he is with the bat. So uh, that's why I like Rob, yeah. man. He's just straight blunt. Like he keeps it honest. He, you know, if, if a lot more fans in the NL East or all ML, MLB would be like Rob, I think we, everybody would get along, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I can't polish a turd. Put it that way. 
<laughs> what hey, about man, your man I, Trey? Because listen, when I look at Trey Turner's stat line at the moment, he looks. I mean, he's just an absolute stud, Trey Turner. He's in Jazz Chisholm territory with six home runs and five stolen bags. I mean, you know, Trey looks incredible. Um, when's it going to be extension season for Trey Turner? It's got to be. be now or never, really. Hasn't be, it? It's yeah. now or never. Yeah, we've got to got to tie him up. Um, got to. If we lose him, then wow, this this lineup is uh is going to be in pieces. We're going to be looking in pirates territory, aren't we? To be honest, <laughs> uh... <laughs> you don't want to be there. <laughs> so no, I, I really do hope we can tie him up. <laughs> Whether they do or not, who knows? But he has been. He's yeah. He's he's probably my favourite baseball player now. You know. He's awesome. He's absolutely lights out. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's he's great as a shortstop. He's great with the bat. He seems a really nice kid. Always plays with a smile on his face. It's, uh, yeah, I love him. Love him to bits. Yeah, what's not to like? I mean, there's been some stuff circling this week, you know, on, on Twitter as it does, you know, regarding the Nats and, you know, Max Scherzer in particular. You know, he's clearly in the last year of his deal. Um, you know, don't know how the season's going to pan out for the Nats, but let's say they they fall back is it what's the likelihood you see Scherzer being with the Nats at the end of the year could you see them making that move it's a tough one um personally I don't think they should rule it out um what would we get back for him I, I really don't know there should be a fair amount we could give him to a team that's competing and he could likely push them all the way you know he could, yeah. he's a piece he could slot in and he could win them the championship um whether they will or not, yeah, I, I don't know. Since I've been f- following them, we're not we've not been renowned for doing <laughs> doing loads and loads of not, certainly not any big business at trade deadlines and stuff. We're not really don't really seem to be a, a, a team that does that. I might stand corrected if I am wrong there, but um, we don't appear to be that type of side. Um, however, I personally wouldn't rule it out. I think we should look to see what we could get. I, I can't see us being there or thereabouts. It, we're going to be. I, us, you, and the Phillies are going to be fighting for those bottom three places. I can't. I, I, nothing has that I've seen has changed my mind about that. The Braves have started fairly sloppy, but they're not going to be around there. They've got too many studs in, in too many key areas. They're going to be good. The, the Mets, yeah, again, they've got. We saw, saw them last weekend, and some of their absolute flyers are, are, were crap. You know, I've watched Lindor. He's not going to stay bad all, for the whole year, is he? Let's be honest. And if he picks up. That I think I was looking at they've hit the least runs in the whole league. That's not going to stay, is it? That can't that can't stay. I think they've played like maybe a few less games too. So. Yeah, they have played. Yeah, but I think they've hit. What was I looking at? They've hit. The Grom, the Grom gets no run support. Right, as soon as the Grom's on the mound, they go. They can't hit anything, and you know, so that's one every five days where they, you know, it's one earned run or less, and you know, it's crazy the Mets. You know, but you're right. There's 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 too much pop in there. Mm. We expect them to stay that way. You, know, you never know with the Mets. There's always a story that's about to happen. Something's about to blow up. You just know it's there. You know, Lindor, new sexy signing or, well, trade piece. We're three weeks in and he's getting heavily booed by his own fans. Like, you nah, know, mate, what are the Mets yeah. doing? What are you doing? You need to sign this dude. And you're booing the life out of him. Dickhead. The Mets going to Met. The oh, Mets always going to Met. <laughs> what's been, Alex, what's been your take of the NLE so far, buddy? I mean, we've seen... We we haven't seen the Nats straight up against the Marlins or the or the Phillies yet. So um, you know we've seen obviously the Braves and a little bit of the the Mets. But how, how are you seeing the NL East? Like I, like I mentioned earlier, man, it's going to be a free for all. I think we're really going to everybody's going to be banged up. I think the division's probably going to be decided by like four games, really. 
Like, I think it's going to be a really tight race the whole way. And uh, I actually love it. I think it's going to be beautiful for us to stay competitive. Uh, the fish have been banged up. We, we have no Marte. We have no Brian Anderson. Dickerson got hurt. Cooper got hurt. Lilo Hernandez is still, you know, he's, he's working his way back. <clears throat> and I think it's amazing that the team has been able to tread water. Like, we're 11-13 right now. You know, we saw Jose Devers make his major league debut. Uh, that was pretty cool. We've seen freaking uh, Rogers go pitch for pitch with every pitcher he's opposed. Like you saw him go against the Grom. You saw him go against uh, Corbin, Corbin Burns, or is it? Bur yeah, Corbin Burns against the Brewers. Like he was, uh, he's on the verge of setting like a major league record for most strikeouts without a walk. I think he was at like 48 strikeouts and no Crazy. walks yet. And the Marlins finally got to him. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, that was the beauty of it. I like how these guys are playing. They're playing, they're playing like the fighting fish, nitty gritty. You know, they're, they're getting it together. And we might not be clicking on all cylinders except Jesus Aguilar, who is just destro destroyed baseballs. Ever I mean, since he went on the no arepa diet, which I'm, I'm, I said I was going to contribute to it and not eat any arepas and I've kept my word. I haven't had any arepas. So I'm glad that my man has found that power and I'm happy that he, he he's having fun. He's such a blast to watch, bro. I can't believe the Brewers let him go and he's going to have a big, big year. So crazy numbers for a part-time player. Not bad, huh? Absolutely. Well, the, the beauty is with Jesus and, and most of the guys, I mean, it, it's not shocking to know that you start to play every day you get into a rhythm and you get every day at bats. Next thing is you get the results, right? I mean, you know, it, that's what you can say for John day. Birdie. You know, everyone. You John Birdie. Yep. It's just, Birdie, you just like get in the rhythm. You get your eye in. You just get into the groove. If you play once every three days against these stud pitchers, I mean, what can you truly deliver? Like being a straight up platoon dude is, I don't think it's helpful for anyone. It's a really tough job. So, um, you know, fair play. Like the Marlins injury situation, it's being banded around a lot at the moment. A lot of talk about it. We're losing a lot of dudes, but, we lost a lot of dudes last year too, more dudes, and we found ways to win. So you need to dig deep. Boys need to dig deep, but, you know, clearly the top of the rotation dudes, Trevor Rogers, you've mentioned, uh, Alex has been sensational. Sandy's just been Sandy. Pablo's cruising along. The problem is we've got two rotation spots now that are effectively looking like kind of bullpenny type spots. So <laughs> we're running out of depth quick on the, on the starting pitching side. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to mix and match that, if I'm completely honest. Um, one other thing I want to get into uh, with you, Alex, as well, is how you see this bullpen shaping up, because there was a few rocky moments early doors, but it looks like it's settled down now. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool how Yimmy's finally taking the keys to the closer role when he's really delivering, you know? Uh, when I first saw him in spring training, I uh, actually went to go cover the fish. Um, he got shelled. He, got, uh, he gave up the long ball. He, he had a stretch of giving up, like, consecutive long balls and stuff like that. And I'm glad that he's able to pinpoint it down and, and keep his control intact. And it's great seeing him throw the gas. Uh, I really like seeing the guys that we have in, in the bullpen. Who, who's, who, who's the one guy that's caught your eye, Pete? Well, I, I, as soon as Yimmy got into the season, he was the guy that caught my eye. But, you know, listen, um, Curtis has been real nice too. Plus Floro, both of those guys have been, have been nice. But the guy I'm, I'm most worried about is Blyer. Richie Blyer's just not... Um, not Richie Blyer from last year. So that's been a bit of a worry. But, you know, in general, the pen's been good. It's been average to above average. A couple of blown saves apart. So, you know, fair play. It was completely rebuilt. I mean, it's only Yimmy Garcia from last year that's still here. So fair play to the front office for, you know, for doing that. Hey, the other, the other thing I wanted to 
uh, ask you about as well. You mentioned Dev has got his debut uh, last last week, um, or this week, sorry. Um, Isan Diaz wasn't traveling with the taxi, but he's up now, Isan, back up anyway. Ha- <laughs> you know, big opportunity for Isan now with, you know, maybe two weeks worth of play at least to kind of kick on. Um, is it do or die for Isan from a Marlins perspective? Oof. Uh, no, I don't think it's do or die yet. You know, he's going to have an opportunity. Thank God the minor leagues are coming back into into play this year. So he's going to get his at-bats, whether it's at major league level or it's at AAA. Um, and who knows what happens? You know, maybe this lights a fire under his ass and he goes on a tear, you know, like, and, and it builds like trade value for him. Maybe the fish have a piece there to trade in the future. Maybe they don't, you know, I can't really tell you because he hasn't really produced how we expected him to. No. But I think if, uh, it was pretty cool to see him get that call back, especially in Milwaukee, where he, he got traded from. So, you know, he probably felt like a little chip on his shoulder and it was cool. He got a little uh, a ground ground out RBI. But yeah, I know Isan can well, hit a lot more. Yeah, he, he has I mean, a higher the, ceiling. The main the main target point of that game linked to Isan was that uh, obstruction interference call that the umpire made at first base. Um, you know, people losing their minds about that one. It was. It was a shit call, looked a shit call in many ways, but in reality, it was an irrelevant call to the game. The game was dead, like the brew crew. You know, Zach Godley was pitching like he was blindfolded. He was absolutely terrible, terrible. He didn't know, you know, that one inning, struck out Miggy Rowe, walked three dudes, and then struck out the other two. Like, that kind of summed it up for Zach Godley. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it was a weird play, uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> everyone was losing their minds about that. It was pretty funny. So hey, you know, um, a good series win though, right? You know, in, in, in Milwaukee going in there on the road, the guys are dinged up. Um, you know, taking that series, you know, clearly that, that Trevor Rogers win against Corbin Burns was was the pivotal game there, really, in that one. I was uh when we were playing the Milwaukee Brewers, I really enjoyed the series, right? Because I usually listen to the Marlins broadcast either in Spanish or English or on the radio, whatever. But I took the the luxury to like really sit back and listen to the Milwaukee Brewers broadcasters. Okay. Because uh, the, the broadcaster is uh, Bob Euclid, the guy from Major League. Just a little outside. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude. So imagine it's like you think you're listening to Major League the whole time. He's like, wow, the Marlins, the Marlins got a single, a double, a home run, a triple. Well, really, they've done it all. You know, and it's like, yeah, it's like you're, you're, you're listening to like a major league movie of the Marlins, you know, and Bob Euclid is lending us his voice. So it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool to have that opportunity. If you have the MLB app to check out the different broadcasts and stuff, mm-hmm. feel free to check it out and see what they're talking. Unless they're playing the Mets. The Mets are very biased. They're all Met, 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 Met. <laughs> I hate that about him. Why can't you just like show some love to everybody, you know? So shout out to Bob Euclid. You guys got a freaking legend in the booth. And uh, that's pretty much that. I wanted to hit you with a side little note. We were talking about uh, Dylan Floro, right? Mm-hmm. And how he's been doing a good job for this bullpen. Well, Dylan Floro was actually number 51 when he was with the LA Dodgers, right? He started the season now with the Marlins, and now he's number 36, which leaves the door wide open for 51 for J.J. Blade. Oh, JJ boy. He's knocking on the door. These guys are banged up, and any freaking J.J. could be dropping. He could be dropping an MLB roster, man. Yeah. Well, listen, This I actually posed that question on Twitter this morning. I was thinking of exactly that topic was, what's the likelihood we see J.J. Blade? I mean, for me, you know, watch quite a bit of spring that we could or listen to most games on the radio. You know, J.J. looked, he looked great. He looked great. And, you know, particularly if either Cooper Loop or Corey um, are dinged at all, 
you know, for me, let's get JG Bleday up. I mean, why not? Why not get him up? I mean, what's what's the chances from your side, Alex? What are you thinking? You know, 50-50 up in May or less than that? No, no less than 50-50. I would love <laughs> to have him up. No, I, I would really like to bring up JJ, but honestly, like, why why start his time clock right now? I don't want to I don't want to sound like a greedy like front office guy, but like why start his clock right now? We got a surplus of outfielders. We got Mags, give Mags some opportunity to play. Lewis mm-hmm. Brinson's trying to see if he can get any type of value for himself, you know. Um and then we got like the, the three veteran guys we talked about, you know, Marte is going to come back. We got Duvall. Duvall is doing some work in center field. You know, yeah. who would have thought that? Um, so if Cooper stays healthy, he'll, he'll get his at-bats. Stickerson's going to get his at-bats. I think we'll see a Blade in the season. I just don't think there's any reason to push him right now. Like there's no reason to accelerate the clock because there's going to come a point where these guys are going to recover the guys that are injured and they're going to need those at bats. And what happened to Lewis Brinson that, Oh, he's out of options. That's the same situation. Magnaria Syria. What are you going to do with Syria? Mags, you can't drop the punt. If you, if you get released on waivers, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody else claims you not a good idea. And we can't give the nationals any opportunity because we put somebody in the waivers, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to catch somebody. We got death. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, let's, let's, Take a look into this series then that, you know, it's a three game set. Um, what's a little bit unclear is how the Nats are going to line up from a pitching perspective. Working backwards, we know Max is going Sunday, or at least that's what's scheduled now. At the moment, it's TBD, TBD, Friday, Saturday. Rob, what, what yeah, kind I'm of guessing, um, I'm guessing tonight it's going to be Ross um, and tomorrow it will be Corbin. Um, oh, <laughs> your, boy, your boy Corbin. Yeah, yeah that, go. that's only going on. That's only going on if we're working back. So Ross played last Saturday. Corbin played Sunday, and then they haven't played so um, up till then. And we've used Max in the week on Tuesday, and then Feddy on Wednesday. So it's it's got to be one of those two. Are I can't. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm just hoping they don't start pissing around with um, Austin Voth again because they put him as a long man this year and it's, he's actually playing really well. He's coming in as a, in the ball from the bullpen and he's actually playing really well. The, the issue with him is when they use him as a starter, it all ends up tits up. So I'm hoping that they leave that as it is. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing it, oh, they may well switch. It may well be Corbin tonight and Ross tomorrow night. Um, but you, You've got knows? into Corbin already. I think we know what where he's at and it's not in a good spot. But just talk us through Ross. What can we expect from that dude? How's he been yeah, going? Yeah, so Joe, Joe Ross, he sat out last year um, through COVID concerns. Um, he come through our um, farm. He, 2019, he ended up starting, I think it was game four of the World Series. Scherzer, oh, wow. Scherzer had to sit out with... Um, it was he was a late scratch. He twisted something in his neck. I thought it was recall. It was a Sunday afternoon. He twisted something in his neck. Ross came in. We lost the game, but he pitched brilliantly. He, and uh, so I haven't seen a great deal of him. However, this year I, I have, and um, yeah, I'm impressed. He's had one really bad game, but then the other the other two, he was he's been very very good. So he's got his stuff. Um, he remains calm. He's he's again. He's only a, he's not super young, but he. Um, He's got potential, and I, I am quite pleased to see him back in there. He was kind of one of these guys that I was looking at to to really settle our rotation this year. He was going to be the number five at the moment. He's <laughs> he could potentially be number two or three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's had a promotion, let's say. Yeah. So yeah, he's not, he's not terrible. He's, I, 
I'd be surprised if he does get blown up by by your bats. But who knows? Who knows? The way that we've been on a roller coaster, mate. One one week, or sorry, one day our um, pitch will be great. Next day, be terrible. Yeah. There's literally there's no rhyme or reason there. It's all over the place. So I've given up trying to predict things. Yep. Uh, Alex, what about you from what have you seen from Pablo early on? You liking what you're seeing from Pablo? Pablo's handing out those arepitas, man. Zero, zero, zeros on the board. <laughs> he's doing pretty good, man. He's he's really coming into himself. I, I think we, we're getting at a point where the fan base expects a little bit more. They want a little bit more out of Pablo. You know, we want to stretch him out. And uh, yeah, it's cool that he can go six innings, but let's try to get seven. Why not eight? You know what I'm saying? Why not? Uh, I know that we also got to be conservative with our arms because we're kind of limited. And yeah. uh, right now we got two possible bullpen <laughs> rotation pieces going for us. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We got Campbell and we got to figure it out. So we get health back on our side. I wonder how Sixto's doing. Sixto, take your time, but we would love to have you back. And this is when, when as a Marlins fan, you, you miss a little bit of veteran leadership in that rotation. Jose Urania, people were happy. I didn't understand why they were bashing him so much. Marlon's Twitter was bashing him when he left to Detroit, but I'm glad that, you know, he's, he's been able to bounce back and have good starts for the Tigers. Yeah. He had a rough couple starts, but it's expected. He's going from a different league from national league to American league and American league, man, it's a whole different ball game with that DH in there. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, did not shock me that Jose started slow. I mean, I mean, he, he couldn't have started any slower a few years ago when the first pitch of the whole season and got taken for a home run in the Marlins opener. But yeah, it didn't shock me. I, I'm, it would not shock me if the Marlins make a move um, in terms of the, the pitching side. I feel like they maybe need to add a vet or something into the mix. Let's talk about Annabelle Sanchez, actually, um, is, is being talked about. I mean, actually, there's probably a few teams that are thinking about him. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me if the Marlins made that move, to be honest. Pablo, I like. He's sitting at 0-2 for the year, under three ERAs, pitched well. That changeup has looked sensational from Pablo. Oh, my days. It's an unhittable pitch. Even when you know it's coming, you still can't hit it. That's a sign of a really, really good pitch. So, yeah, Pablo's been nice. Um, the Saturday game, Paul Campbell's going for the Marlins, uh, seemingly, uh, unless they go with an opener or something. You know, it may go 70, 80 pitches, maybe max, but sitting, you know, with an over eight ERA for Paul Campbell. So uh, not maybe Corbin's going, so it could be an eight ERA versus a 10 ERA <laughs> on Saturday. Oh, oh, that could be wild. That could be a wild it one. It could be. We'll have to, uh, what time is that, Pete? Is it nine o'clock? No, 6.05. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I love the, the joy on his face when he said it was six o'clock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Hey, man, that's that's the only game for the record. That's the only game I think the Nationals going to win this series. Number uh, two. Second, number two. Yeah. Second one. Yeah, I, th I think you, I think I think your boy Corbin's going to have a, a bounce back start and kind of get that little sparkle back in your eye, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> he's pitched well, you know. I, I can think back a few years ago. He pitched well against the Marlins, Corbin. I, I feel like he's got a good record um, against the Marlins. Maybe that might be at the Marlins Park or Lone Depot Park now, but. Um, yeah, that wouldn't shock me either. I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see something good out of Campbell. I've personally, for me, I feel like he just leaves too many breaking balls, just high hanging breaking balls. And that typically doesn't end well. So I can see some serious dam damage coming off Campbell, if I'm completely honest, but you know, fingers crossed it doesn't. And then we finished then on Sunday, 
um, with a, another premier matchup. I mean, Trevor Rogers just goes stud, stud, stud. Max Scherzer against Trevor Rogers. Um, we talked about Max from like maybe a trade piece perspective, but what's Max been like this year? It felt like he was a little bit slower last year, but what have you seen so far this one? Like I said, Pete, up and down. Um, <laughs> yeah, he really has. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to rack my brains. He's, I'm fairly sure he got blown up um, this week. Was it this week? It was against uh, Toronto. Yeah, this week he okay. absolutely blown Glad up. He lit him he up. Ended up. Yeah, he, um, yeah, that's it. Vlad Guerrero, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, we have tried a three home run game. Tattooed him. Yeah, two, three two home, home runs off a Scherzer. Jesus. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> What max are we going to get? We know we know he sticks around. He he has been prone recently to to give up an early home run and then just dig in and get through hundred pitches and finish on six innings. Um, but we're going to need that. We're really going to need that. We need to stick there with you because, you, like Alex said earlier, you've got so much fight. You're not going to roll over in many games at all this year. No. Um, and if we don't fight and give up lots of early runs to you, we're in a world of pain because um, we certainly aren't going to be chasing. If you go three, four runs ahead, it's game over for us. I think we're not certainly not going to be a, a team this year that, that claws our way back into games. Um, one positive for us, all in all, is the bullpen. The bullpen is good this year. It's, it's looked fairly decent. Brad Hands as the closer has been, he's been great. Yeah, I don't think he's given up a run yet. Um, we've got Tanner Rainey, whose velocity is getting back up there. Hudson is, is Hudson. He, he's looked a little bit wild here and there, but he's. He sticks in and, and does get the strikeouts. Um, who else have we got in there? Who was oh, that, other, said, Austin. that other dude from last year that kind of emerged? I'd never heard of him before, but pitched really well. Um, Finnegan? Yeah. yeah, Finnegan's there or thereabouts again as well. So It's funny. I, I don't know if every team does it, but we team, seem to have like an A bullpen and a B bullpen. Um, so we'll have Rainey, um, Hudson and Hand as, as like the A bullpen. And then the B bullpen will be McGowan, Finnegan, um, and then who will close? I'm trying to think. There's, I can't think of the, who the close would be in, in on those days. But um, yeah, Finnegan has been absolutely fine as well. There's no one getting absolutely lit up in the bullpen, which is yeah. promising for us and unusual for us. Um, so yeah, that, <laughs> that's a good thing. But, but I'll be honest, the, the A bullpen, as, as we like to call it, hasn't been used that often because we've been so far <laughs> behind in some games. So shiny cars in the garage, like, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've. Uh, I'm fairly sure they didn't play um, either game this week against Toronto. Um, so I think they're rested from last weekend because the first game we was down, what, nine runs or whatever it was against Toronto. Um, yeah. I think we lost 9-5 and then the, the next day we were well ahead. So they didn't come in then either. So, yeah, they should be rested. Whether that's a good thing or not, you don't know. Do you? Some of these pitchers like to be out there every day. Oh, Wanda Suero, that's the guy. Wanda Suero, he's... Uh, he seems to be pitching every day, but now he's uh, he's on the IL through a sore arm, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Pride, I don't know. Um, right, guys, we're, we're running out of time, I'd say. So a couple of final little segments. Um, let's let's have a, a series prediction. It'd be rude not to. I think I may have already got Alex's there uh, as a sneak preview, but just to to confirm from you, Mr. Contreras, what are you what are you how are you seeing this series from a uh, wins loss perspective? Pablo is going to dominate tonight. It's fish gonna take game one. It's gonna be a slug fest game two. All right. And then game three, the premier matchup, like you talked about. We're gonna see Rogers go punch for punch with Scherzer. We really gotta see how much Scherzer really has left in the tank. He's on the wrong side of 30. He's what 36 years old. He's uh 
in his final year of his contract with uh, what is a seven year contract. I think he had with uh, Washington and uh, there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, man. It's not so bad, Rob. If, if you guys really can't get it together this season, you got a lot of money coming off the books and next year you guys should have a lot more flexibility to open up that wallet and spend some money, especially on that Trey Turner case. And if you don't want Trey Turner, man, you know what I'm saying? Feel free. We'll, we can send you a couple pieces. I, I don't think we can package like a Lewis Brinson and somebody <laughs> more pieces for you. <laughs> we'll throw in a picture, dude. How about that? How about that? You're too kind. Seems a fair deal. <laughs> Rob, how you see in the series uh, for this one, buddy? Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for us to win two one. Um, oh yeah. I think we'll win tonight. I think Corbin is on too much of a down at the minute. If he does start tomorrow, I can't see us winning that. And then, yeah, like we say, he's going to be, I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah. Big neck, big neck himself. Yeah, you love that one, eh? Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I haven't seen him pitch. I'll be honest, I haven't seen him pitch yet. Um, I might catch a glimpse here or there, but I haven't sat down and watched a full game of his. So, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. The amount of hype you were pumping up his ass during pre-season and it's it's come through isn't it you know it has um, it has yeah it's shown it it's been uh, fantastic so yeah i'm really looking forward to that sunday i think we'll we hopefully pick that one maybe two one three one on sunday um yeah and who knows close one um one one topic we have cards going out of cards sorry brian anderson might come back baby it might be really really over for y'all so can't well, wait that, to have it. BA come back. Hashtag pay BA, baby. We need him to go off so Cam can just open the wallet, cut the check. Well, the groundskeeper, if he's on the way back, then happy days. And and that was just the question I was going to ask you then, Rob. One guy we haven't spoken about in a Nats preview, Juan Soto. We haven't even mentioned him. It, what's the prognosis? Is he Has he got any chance of playing in this series? I don't think so, mate. No. Um Apparently, it's not an issue with his his batting. It's uh, it's his throwing arm. Like he's he's, he's right handed, but he's he's throwing. He's, he can't actually make a throw at the moment. Um, the right. last I heard, he was hitting off a tee, and there's no issues with his hitting. But he, he can't make the throws. So um, no. yeah, I don't. I think this this weekend is going to come too soon for him. Obviously, it is a worry. Um, he's massively needed in that lineup. It, it lacks so much um, offensive talent, and he he makes us from a. a, a probably below average to slightly above average side. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we are gonna miss him. <laughs> you know, last weekend we was unlucky against the Mets. Uh, we dropped it two one and then but we got uh, leveled it against Toronto. So I was quite happy with that. You know, without him, I was hoping it'd be back this weekend. I, I haven't heard any po- anything positive. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing it's not going to be about. Damn, Pete, wouldn't it have been something if the Marlins would have been able to pull off that trade with the Nationals when they wanted Real Muto and we would have been able to get Soto? I remember that's the reason why the Nationals called off the whole trade. We would have had Soto. Damn, that would have been epic. So, yeah, you're blessed, Rob. Y'all got a championship and a talented generational player. Mm. Oh, yeah, we absolutely love him. You know, he's he could be an absolute Nationals legend. He's not far off it as it is at the moment. Yeah. Um, but we do need him back fairly quickly I mean that's anyone's going to need one Soto back any any team is going to be not as good with one Soto missing so it is what it is and listen it's league wide there's been studs everywhere dropping down going down like it's the injuries have popped up everywhere and it's a true test of depth like it truly is not just you know up and down the organizations across the league the Marlins are battling it everyone's battling it it's just you know next man up plow through 
um, you know, just keep keep alive. I think that's it. Try and just keep yeah. track of water. Like we said, it's 162 games. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight games isn't really going to matter. No, you can survive, right? How do you, yeah. knowing what you've seen now, you, you know, you've, what are you, you're 21 games in, 21 games played for the Nats. Have you adjusted your view at all in terms of expectations or projections in terms of where you'll finish? I've probably slightly lowered them. Um, I, I thought we'd be average. I think we've probably been below average. Um, well, clearly we have been below average. Um, but yeah, I think my, my expectations are a little bit lower. I am scared about our rotation. I said I said all along, that's not the backbone of our club. And at yeah. the minute, it's all a complete mess. Um, so we need to get that, that back. The hitting has been fairly abysmal. <laughs> it doesn't really leave us with a lot, does it, to be honest? Um, you can't pitch and can't hit. That's usually uh, a bad sign. You know what? You look through the, the actual series that we have. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, the, we look at through the, the series we have. We started with Atlanta, lost 2-1. We lost 3-0 against the Dodgers. Since then, we... Drew with the Diamondbacks. We beat the Cardinals twice in two series, and we've drawn with the Blue Jays, and we lost lost, lost with the Mets as well. So you weighing it up, it's it's not a disaster. It's really no. not a disaster at the minute. But if we carry on as we are, it, it, it's not obviously be a disaster. No one's going to die over it. But it's it's not going to be a nice record at the end of the year. We do need to improve. If we don't improve, then yeah, it's, there's certain certainly room for improvement there. If we don't get that, we're in the world of pain. Yeah. Uh, Senor Contreras, how are your expectations looking for the Marlins now after, well, 24 games in for the Marlins? We're uh, right on right on my prediction, man. I'm, I was guessing around 77 to 81 games is the win range I'm going for for the Fish as a fan base. My expectations of, you know, not sitting the bar too high, but playing 500 ball um, and especially in a very tough division. Um well, I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I can't wait to see the Nationals the next time further in the season because I have a feeling it's going to be a completely different team that you're going to witness, Rob, and Nationals UK, and everybody's going to be able to witness guys like Jazz Chisholm in the lineup, who was an absolute, how Peter says, a stud. <laughs> he's a stud on the field, man. He's got speed, he's electric, he's got power, and I think a lot of fans all around Major League Baseball are going to enjoy watching guys like Jazz Chisholm and um, – Tough luck for Jorge Alfaro, man. When he finally got a freaking walk-off hit, he was starting to get it together. The mm-hmm. guy goes on the on the IL. So it feels good that the Marlins, you know, we we got a good team. We just got a lot of guys that we got. We're expecting a lot to go right. But at the same time, if one piece goes down, a lot can go wrong too. Like you said, we're going on, on bullpen arms right now in, in two spots in the rotation. And right now it's not catching up to us but eventually will. It's 162 game season. You can't keep doing that the, the whole entire season. So no, no, it's not sustainable. Is it to have of your five starters, your five starting spots, three are studs and the two are bullpens. You know, you end up writing off two or five games. Then also you lose one or two of the, the other games. Next thing is you're, you know, having one and four, one and six weeks or whatever. And you know, it's not, it's not going to be optimal. So Right. Hey, sorry, we've got some breaking news. We need that breaking news klaxon. Woo, 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 there it is. Woo, woo, woo. What have it's, you got? It's uh, John Lester. It's the big man John Lester is starting tonight. 
Oh, is it his yeah. debut for the Nats? Hot off the press is his debut, yeah. Wow. Roster moves to be decided, but Leicester is going to be starting tonight, which I'm guessing it will leave Joe Ross to start tomorrow and they'll leave Corbin until early next week. Hey, you heard it. You heard it here first. 37-year-old John Lester. 37-year-old John Lester takes the mound against the Miami Marlins. I mean, I, I don't like soft tough soft tossing veterans like that isn't usually how the marlins we don't play well against them so you know maybe that's that's going into it i am glad we we just about caught that breaking news and it was absolutely perfect to end this podcast um so there we go we're gonna have pablo lopez taking on john lester tonight uh followed up by by two day games um but uk friendly for us so i think that's us for for this one guys uh rob langley what a stud nats uk is always repping it Alex Contreras, stud, absolute stud, barbecue stud. And uh, we'll hope to catch up again soon as the season goes on, guys. Looking forward to it. And uh, to the listeners. Let's go go fish, baby. Let's go fish. Yeah, let's let's have it. You know what, man? We're going to do so good. We're going to take it to the freaking Nets. And I'm going to send my guy Rob out there in the UK. I'm going to send him a Miami Marlins shirt, baby. That's right. So every time that we take the series, he's got to rock it out with pride. Yeah, last time he didn't catch my bait on, on trying to, we were trying to do a bet. I was like, what's up? You're trying to shave the, the beard. I'll shave off the, the, the head. You said no. I know at least you'll, you'll accept my Marlin shirt. You <laughs> will. You will. Worst case is he can have, a, he can have one of the, the ones from the Teespring store, maybe a huge plums or something of that ilk. Maybe that'll work for him. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate the time. Great talking. Uh, we'll, we'll catch each other on Twitter tonight when the game goes, uh, when the game gets going and uh, through the weekend. To the listeners, thanks for listening. Stay safe. Go Fish. Go Fish.